Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in from. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. And on today's hot sheet, I will share a housing inventory update and discuss who is actually benefiting from the federal home loan bank system. This will shock you. Today is Monday, June 5th, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. All right, welcome back to the hot sheet here on Monday morning. Hit the thumbs up and let's get right into an inventory update per Housing Wire's market tracker. We also have a report on Realtor.com, so we'll compare the two. Active inventory grew 3,180 weekly. Uh, Logan Modishami, who writes the piece for Housing Wire, states that uh, he believes this is because of the holiday. He thinks we would have had actually more inventory come on the market. New listing data fell week to week, uh, and that's where he thinks the holiday had the biggest impact. It's still trending for an all-time low here in 2023. Of course, mortgage rates uh, during this same week hit their high of uh, 7.14, but they've come down since, and we ended the week at 6.9. That's according to Mortgage News Daily's weekly summary all right let's take a look at the charts and where we are currently sitting here for national inventory the macro look weekly inventory rose from 433,000 plus to 436,000 plus the same week last year inventory rose from 357,000 plus to 368,000 plus so instead of a 3,000 gain same week last year we had over an 11,000 active inventory gain the inventory bottom uh, for last year was 240,000. The peak so far for this year is 742,000. For uh, for a little bit of context, active listings for this week in 2015 were 1.131 million. Okay, and you can see here the inventory chart below. If you're watching, uh, we are above the last two years of 21 and 22, of course, over the 435,000 mark, uh, but well below. 2016, 17, 18, 19, or 20. New listings, you can see, were well below 21 and 22, so different from the active listings. Active listings, again, are the listings that are available for sale. NAR, when they uh, do their inventory outlook, they include pendings on those. So NARS is just above uh, a million now, but for a normalized Mark, according to NAR, would be above $2 million. For a normalized mark on the inventory here, we've got to get of actives, we've got to get above $1 million. Going back to new listings, we're still trending towards that all-time low. And you can see this nosedive in the downward trend here as we start June, which is unusual for new listings in comparison. Even 2021 and 2022 were much healthier for new listings. So far, uh, 23 this week, 55,000 plus 22, the same week, 71,000 plus 21, the same week, 72,000 plus almost 73,000. Okay. So new listings continue to be, uh, the issue that we're fighting here where we just can't get home sellers onto the market. Homeowners are stuck in that same spot. We've been talking about all year where they don't know whether to list, uh, you know, because they don't know if they're going to be able to either find the inventory in their market or they don't want to go out, use a mortgage and pay a higher rate than the one they are currently 
sitting on. Let's take a look at the Realtor.com inventory data. Active housing inventory for sale, according to Realtor.com. They've got closer to 600,000 on their reading. So again, we're, we're at the 435,000 mark uh, with Altos Research, which is what Housing Wire uses. Realtor.com in May 2023 has active housing inventory for sale closer to 600,000. Okay. Uh, that's still above where we were in 2022 at this time, almost 500,000. And 2021, we're about 450,000, but well below Realtor.com's mark of 2020 when we were sitting at 900,000 and certainly 2018, 19, and uh, 17 were all up over a million, according to Realtor.com. New home listings coming onto the market, according to Realtor.com, is well below any year uh, over the last you know five, six years, as you can see here on the chart. Got us just over uh, 400,000. That's for the year. Okay, so um, this is new listings coming onto the market. I'm sorry, that's for the month. My apologies. That's for the month of May. Okay, for just over 400,000 in May 2023. If we look back to the highest month on this chart, that would be 2018. It's well above 500 into the 600,000s. Okay, so there's the differences there between Realtor.com and Altos Research. Ultimately, it's the new listing battle we've been talking about. We didn't we didn't have much positive news here this week. Again, Logan Motoshami believes that the holiday slowed new listings down. Uh, let me know in your market where you're experiencing. Do you, do you feel like this week here we're going to have a whole bunch of new listings come onto the market? Are you seeing more coming soon? Are you seeing more signals? that new listings are coming on to your market. Love to know from you and where that market would be. All right, bombshell report yesterday from Bloomberg. A $1.5 trillion backstop for home buyers props up banks instead. Uh, the federal home loan bank system. Let me know in the comments, have you ever heard of FHLBs, this federal home loan bank system? It provides billions to banks, curtailing mortgage lending, and millions to its executives. Let's break this all down. This is a fascinating story. If we haven't had enough banking trouble in our economy yet in 2023, here might be some more signals of that. All right. First sign of uh, U.S. banking trouble, of course, was with Silvergate. Now, Silvergate's lifeline was this FHLB, $4.3 billion from Federal Home Loan Bank. All right, but before we even get into this, and there's, there's similarities with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and some of these other ones that, that have uh, failed, some of these biggest failures, uh, number two and number three, biggest bank failures of the year. Well, let me just break down. What is FHLB? Let's go to their website, okay? FHL Banks, a nation of local lenders, okay? The federal home loan banks. The federal home loan banks are 11 regionally based, uh, based wholesale suppliers of lendable funds to fed financial institutions of all sizes and many types including community banks, credit unions, commercial and savings banks, insurance companies, and community development financial institutions. The FHL banks are co uh, cooperatively owned 
by member financial institutions in all 50 states and U.S. territories. The steady supply of lendable funds from FHLBs helps U.S. lenders invest in local needs, including housing, jobs, and economic growth. Okay, that's according to the FHLB website. Okay, the steady supply of lendable funds from FHLBs helps U.S. lenders invest. They've got that, that as their mission here in big and bold on their website. Investing housing, jobs, and economic growth. Okay, that is their, their mission here, all right? L let's find out more about how they started, and then I'll go back to, to uh, some of the banks that have been acquiring money from FHLBs, okay? Um, so back in the Great Depression, basically financial FHLBs were designed to make sure that people were able to get a home loan. Okay, people couldn't get home loans back then, and uh, the government. This is it. This is FHLBs are federally supported. Okay, so there's billions of dollars sent into these FHLBs that don't show up necessarily on the budget. Okay, so during the Great Depression. Uh, the original aim was that ensuring financial firms have cash to lend to home buyers. Yet these banks had little to do with everyday mortgage lending. Interesting. And that's highlighted in how they're, you know, uh, lending out money today. Silvergate, which had a, a lifeline of $4.3 billion earlier this year from FHLB, didn't offer mortgages. They were a cryptocurrency uh, bank. They were moving dollars for cryptocurrency ventures. Of course, Silicon Valley Bank, which was the bank for Sil you know Silicon Valley Tech, um, they catered to venture capitalists and tech startups. And we've talked about a bunch. Uh, they held 15 billion from FHLB at the end of 2022. Signature Bank, with clients including crypto platforms, had 11 billion. And by April 1st, Republic Bank, which we talked about a bunch, offering mortgages to millionaires on unusually sweet terms, ended up with more than $28 billion. All four banks, of course, collapsed, two of those being the top three uh, bank collapse, bank failures in our country. Okay? It's a 90-year-old banking system. Uh, it's a balloon to, to more than balloon to more than $1.5 trillion dollars. Uh, while playing a growing role as a backstop for banks taking all kinds of risks. Uh, it's a diminishing role in funding new mortgages. Okay, It's raising questions about the purpose of FHLBs and why the private institutions enjoy so much government support. Uh, this look at the system is based on interviews with more than 30 current and former FHLB officials overseers, borrowers, and other market participants. Most of them didn't want to like put their name to this, by the way. They're speaking on a condition not to be named. Uh, they want to discuss this confidentially. Many described an environment where loans were made quickly with little due diligence, generating billions of dollars in years of, uh, a year in profits for the FHLBs and the banks that they serve. Okay, millions of dollars in bonuses and other compensation for their own executives. So it's not just these regional banks either. We're going to some of the big banks that they loan money out to. All right, let's just take a look at, for example, uh, talking about the money that, that they're making here, the FHLBs. Here's the CEO compensation. Okay, so 
there's a ton of federal support. We'll get into the dollar figures here in just a minute. And here's the annual compensation of each federal home loan bank CEO in 2022. Remember, there's 11 of them. Indianapolis, 3.7 million. Now, keep in mind, Jerome Powell's salary is $203,500. So for as much as we want to beat on, on J-Pal, uh, maybe he should have gotten one of these jobs over at the FHLB. Indianapolis CEO, $3.7 million. San Francisco, $2.4 million. New York, $2.3 million. Uh, and then you can just run down the list here. Boston, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Des Moines, Iowa. I love you, Des Moines. Cincinnati, Dallas, Topeka, and Chicago. Chicago would be the lowest at $1.6 million. Okay, this is uh, from their 10K reports. U.S. Office of Personal Management. So these are real numbers. This is like this is like NAR stuff right here with their salaries. Um, all right, so that's so Jay Powell's making two hundred thousand. These CEOs are making just millions of dollars. The FHLB of San Francisco more than doubled its assets last year in Silicon Valley Bank, while their CEO again was making two point four trillion. Much of it bonuses during 2022 as they were just dumping money into svb their ceo Teresa baysmore she's just making 2.4 million for a job well done it was her first full year atop the institution so in her first full year she's like whoa svb let's go all in and of course svb and first republic are the second and third largest uh bank failures in u.s history baysmore's pay was tied to goals and other metrics the San Francisco FLLB's board set in cons uh, consultation with third-party expert and showed to regulators, said Elliot Sloan, a spokesperson for the San Francisco FHLB, the level of advances to a member is based on a careful, thoughtful, and conservative underwriting approach that takes all the relevant risk factors into account. That's our congressionally directed function. Okay, so Congress is directing this great conservative due diligence where the CEO makes $2.4 million and the claim to fame was dumping a bunch of money into SVB. Many of the largest banks also have become accustomed to drawing uh, financing from FHLBs. Let's listen to this. Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup among the system's biggest users since 2010. They collectively tapped at least $62 billion during last year's relatively sedate market, Citigroup, $19 billion, amounted to 3% of the total cash pool, while Citi only originated 0.3% of the nation's mortgages in 2022. Remember, FHLBs were originally designed to help home buyers. Okay. According to a bank regulatory filing and federal mortgage records, uh, they only had the 0.3% of uh, national mortgages. Wells Fargo, Fargo borrowed $32 billion in January. And then right after that, and we talked about here on the stream, they slashed mortgage operation completely. Okay, the lion's share of U.S. home loans right now are being done by Rocket Mortgage. They're a non-bank. Rocket can't go to FHLB and get a whole bunch of money. Okay, Rocket Mortgage uh, sells them to free up cash to make new loans. Those businesses uh, are not eligible to tap into FHLB. Okay, most banks basically in the FHLB system, 
More than 80% of the top FHLB users borrowed more from the system than they even loaned out as total mortgages. Okay. 14 of the banks report no mortgage originations whatsoever. Here's the chart on that from Bloomberg. Okay. So you can see here, uh, mortgages originated Wells Fargo at the top, JP Morgan, uh, Bank of America. Then you've got, uh, so the down here below under the, under the, uh, where first Republic is these banks borrowed more from the FHLB than they spent originating loans. So that would not be the case for Bank of America, JP Morgan and Wells Fargo. Okay. We know that Wells Fargo got out of banking, right? Uh, so th there you go. Most, more than 80% of the top 100 FHLB borrowers borrowed more than they actually loaned out as total mortgages. It's just crazy when they're supposed to be here to support local home buyers and local economic growth. One cork in the system is that the government's assistant doesn't appear as a line in the U S budget. <laughs> That's the, I mean, we were hooting and hollering about the, about the budget deal that we passed last week. And what never shows up in there is every new war that we want to, you know, what's going on right now. We're just sending billions of dollars uh, into that war. That doesn't show up in the budget. No, that, that's a specialty item. Or when, you know, COVID happened, that didn't hit the, the budget. All that $16 trillion of money that was uh, created in the last few years, it just appears out of thin air. All right, so sparring FHLB is the kind of bitter congressional debates over expenditures that have gripped uh, Washington in recent months. All right, so government support starts with special treatment for FHLBs, giving an edge to raising money cheaply. They gather most of their funding by selling bonds exempt from state and local income taxes. Uh, buyers are, are more comfortable with the debt. So, the, you know, if it's city or... SVP, they're comfortable with the debt because they believe that the government will bail FHLBs out, which is what we've seen with, uh, you know, Signature Valley Bank and, and uh, you know, basically they were bailed out. Okay. Buyers are uh, very comfortable with this debt. Government would jump in with taxpayer money to prevent a default. Uh, Standard and Poor's and Moody's have said their credit ratings for FHLB system would be several notches lower if not for the government's pres presumed backing. Now, uh, Ryan Donovan, the CEO of the Council of Federal Home Loan Bank, I wonder how much he makes because his uh, the Mr. CEO Council, his his salary wasn't on there. The implied guarantee is not something that's conveyed by the government, so the government doesn't convey this. Uh, he said in an interview, it's something the market perceives that we're a safe place that our debt that we issue is solid. Uh, economists vigorously debate the value of government support. Defenders of the system include White House advisor Jim Parrott and economist Mark Zandi, uh, who, who we quoted last week here on the hot sheet, who had that, that undervalued, overvalued piece that I tend to disagree with. He thinks, for example, that San Francisco is undervalued by 20%. I think it's just been overvalued forever and uh, people are starting to wake up and smell the roses there. But they estimate that uh, the government support was $5 billion last year. These are the supporters uh, estimate that while detractors peg 
the boost closer to nine billion. So maybe it's somewhere in the middle, maybe it's seven billion. Okay. Seven billion dollars of support just last year from the government. Some of that's passed on to banks as discount source of uh, financing. It also translates into higher profits for these FHLBs, which last year produced 3.2 billion in net income. Check out this chart from Bloomberg. Okay. Federal home loan banks, uh, th they've had a 1.8 billion profit kept, kept by FHLBs. Right now they have two, uh, 24.6 billion in returned retained earnings. Okay. 1.4 billion goes as dividend to members. Okay. Those are those, uh, dividends, uh, to members as well as like the big salaries that you saw. Okay. And then only 355 million go into affordable housing. Okay. So investors, uh, tax exempt bonds to fund, they buy tax exempt bonds, bonds to fund FHLBs. It goes into this federal home loan banks. Uh, and then it, it, you can see where it just kind of spreads from there. All right. They, the, the name is just still crazy to me. Federal home loan banks, yet they don't do any home loans. Okay. And this is one of the issues when, uh, when we start looking at affordable housing in this country. And I'll get back to here to inf and finish up the story in a second. But as we look at ways to come up with affordable housing, we've talked about stimulating from the bottom, right? This would be one of those examples. Let's stimulate from the bottom. Let's uh, let's create a affordable housing initiatives. Only 10% of the money is going to affordable housing. Nobody's holding this system accountable. 10% of the money designed to support home loan banks, home loans, and affordable housing is actually going to that. Uh, that's only because after the financial crisis, uh, Bush mandated that FHLBs put 10% of their profit for affordable housing grant programs. And they rarely will do any more. Here's the chart on that. Okay, you can go back all the way to 2010, coming out of the GFC, the spending that they do on affordable housing. This is out of profit. So we've got a system that is being propped up by you, the taxpayer, generating enormous profits. And you can see what's being spent on affordable housing. Imagine if all those profits were going into, uh, I don't know what I've been saying forever, which is like cutting out some of the regulation or maybe paying for some of the regulation so builders can build an affordable product. So more homeowners can get into an affordable product. I mean, that chart is stunning to me when you think about the issue that we're faced right now with affordable housing. But they're sticking to the mandate that was set forth by the government that 10% should go into uh, affordable housing. Not 20, not 30, not 50, not 70%. Uh, the number of lenders using FHLB is more than doubled to more than 8,000 by 2005, while the system's balance sheet swelled to about sixfold of $1 trillion. After the 08 crisis, the na nation's largest banks began pulling back from mortgage lending. 
Wells Fargo, JP City collectively originated 4% of residential loans in the country in 2022. J Wells Fargo, JP Morgan, and Citigroup, 4% of origination of total residential loans, down from 13% in 2010. Rocket Mortgage increased its market share over the same period. Uh, let me know if you're working with Rocket. They're the biggest home loan originator in the in the country. Love to know if, what your experience is with them down below. Still, FHLBs continue to swell as banks sought financing, especially in emergencies. The bank's total loans to members surged 28% to $1.04 trillion in this year's first three months alone. 28% as banks are in trouble. They're going to this FHLB. So home loan banks have become, and this is a quote from Bruce Morrison, the, the former chair of the Federal Housing Finance Board. FHLBs have become a source of general liquidity to big banks. They've made a great contribution for the last 50 years, but the market has changed. They're doing a job that the Fed should be doing. So this is like the hidden Fed in, in America right now. They're doing a job that the Fed should be doing. Huh. Okay, most Americans are not familiar with this. Uh, I was not familiar with this until Bloomberg broke the story. I appreciate them breaking the story. I hope you appreciate me sharing, of course. Uh, I will put this down below. It goes through the whole history uh, from the 1930s. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt got involved in, in the 80s. Uh, savings loan crisis erupted, pro prompting government bailout. Well, uh, so the FHB, FHLBs were losing too many of its members to sustain themselves. So in in 89, I'm sorry, I got the wrong Bush. Uh, Bush number one reached uh, the deal to do 10% of profits go to uh, housing affordability. So basically, they expanded the money going into these FHLBs in a condition that 10% um, would go there. So it was not second Bush after the housing crisis. My, my apologies on that. Too many Bushes, okay? in the uh the presidency chair all right uh we got a con i can't i can't read if you can expand that i'll read the comment here oh we've got a so th this what this person is a rocket uh preferred agent i can't see the name can you just expand that and get rid of the the right bar there bobby for me there you go uh kristen working as a rocket preferred agent um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you, Kristen. Send me, send me, uh, send me an email, Byron at nowbam.com or send me a, a DM. All right, let's take a look at the, uh, 30 year fixed mortgage rate last week. We ended again. I mentioned at 6.9. Uh, I have a little, uh, a little bit of fear that that number might go back up over seven, as you can see where the 10 year is today and, and the 10 year is going up. And this happens kind of before the FOMC meeting every time, uh, you know, and then it goes back down. But as we get in closer to June 13th, June 14th, which will be next week, I believe, I believe it'll be middle of next week already. I can believe that it will be June 14th is flag day. Who would have known? Uh, June 13th and 14th is the FOMC meeting. Market's getting a, a little antsy. And you're seeing the 10-year go up. So we'll probably see the 30-year fixed go up. Okay, uh, today we've got – we do have a BAM interview yesterday up with Bill and Ryan Ravis. 
they're going through a succession like scenario right now. We actually talk about the succession HBO show, talk about how Bill started the company at $2,000 investment and it's now worth, uh, or it's now doing 25 billion in annual sales volume, according to Real Trends. And then also today, we have an over ask podcast going up here on the channel at 11 a.m. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you don't miss any of that. Make sure you're subscribed to BAMX below. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. We've we've got an event coming up in September that if only you're a BAMX member, you'll get the massive discount for. So become a better agent. Everyone tells you what to do. BAMX actually shows you how to do it. We've got a brand new uh, June course in there for you. Uh, create the perfect green screen. That's with Eric, the broke agent. Uh, he's also got an Instagram course in there. Of course, Tom Tools, uh, Objection Handling, Mindset, and uh, Scroll Stopping Captions. All of those are member courses. We have member live streams and then massive discounts on the BAM Creator courses. Get into BAMX today. Use the code HOTSHEET for a 15% discount off the annual subscription. So if you sign up for the annual, you get 15% off of BAMX. Uh, all of our sources, charts, and everything that I talked about here today, all the charts that I showed will be in our daily download below. That will be soon shifting over to BAMX. So just keep that in mind. Another reason to get into BAMX today. All right. Hope everybody has a great start to the Monday. And until tomorrow, toodaloo.